Hi, this is Bill Aldrich from Springfield, Missouri. You're listening to 1590 WCGO Chicago Smart Talk. The Mike Novak Show starts in 3, 2, 1. What is all this? It's a research lab. Agricultural engineering. Dean, Dean Barry, founded Beta Vegetech five years ago. So what exactly do you do? We're saving the world. Oh, good for you. I was getting a little worried about the world. Is that a square tomato? Yes, it is. It's a pet project of Dean's. The square shape means that farmers can pack 35% more tomatoes per carton. It's cheaper, more efficient. So, so that means every slice is exactly the same size? How does it taste? Who cares? It's a square tomato. You're doing the Lord's work. Literally. It's the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. Green, gardening, and environment radio. Flavored with a dash of humor. Welcome to intelligent, irreverent talk about plants and the planet they grow on. Good planets are hard to find. Temperate zones and tropic climes. True currents and thriving seas. Wind blowing through breathing trees. Strong ozone and safe sunshine will... Good planets are hard to find. Good planets. Are Your questions, planets comments, and participation are always welcome at 877-711-5611. On Facebook and Instagram at the Mike Novak Show and at Mike Now on Twitter. And here they are, Peggy Malecki and Mike Novak. Good planets are in the main no, I'm not ready yet. Let's. Uh, <laughs> what, you need another minute there? I need a couple of minutes here. Let's see if I can get online here. We're. No, that's not online either. Won't connect to yours. Won't connect to the internet here. We have no internet connection here. All right. Well, a good thing we're on the uh, the radio and people, on the A and M. That's right. So people driving in their cars can can hear us. Well, uh, well they can watch us. We just can't connect to the internet. Uh, this is not good. Why is this? What? What's? What's? Is this Mark Zuckerberg? I think so. But we are live on Facebook. Oh, that's We're streaming good. live on 1590 WCGO. Uh, yeah, uh, and uh, let's see. So for we're on Twitter as well, mm-hmm. and Facebook, and live on the radio. It's just so welcome. Hello, hello. and and good morning. And uh, here we go, lurching into uh, the autumn of uh, the year. Which means that uh, no, I think we're rowing and in, in floating into the autumn. Are we? Well, you know, we've had some rain. It hasn't been. Well, some people have had a, a lot of rain, and all I know is that my cat has been hiding a lot under Aww. the couch. Yeah. Well, that that's it's sometimes the rain, sometimes it's the thunder, and sometimes she just, you know, it starts raining a little bit, and then she just ducks. She's like, "I'm out of here," and I, I say, "Okay, I'll see you when you." Uh, <laughs> When you get back, we'll, we'll find you later. We'll find you later. You'll 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 pop out and then expect to be fed, uh, and that's how that <laughs> works. Uh, we're very pleased today to uh, to be talking about a subject that is near and dear to my heart. I have been those of you who have listened to my show over the years know that I have some say with an inordinate interest in recycling and things of that nature. Well, basically, you know, we're a gardening show, but we're also an environmental show. Mm-hmm. 
we talk about green living. We talk about local food, and part of local food is what do you do with the food scraps when you're done with it, and on and on. So this is it's all of a piece, folks. Everything in the world is connected. Your action has uh, maybe not an equal and opposite reaction, but there is a reaction. There is something else that happens because of what you do. And that's why today we're, we're going to delve just a little bit into um, the issue of recycling. Uh, we're very, very pleased to have uh, a friend of the show, Marta Keene, uh, from Will County, Illinois, just outside of Chicago. And she's been doing this for 30 years, so she knows her stuff. And we're going to look at the bigger picture as well. Uh, uh, what does it mean uh, in the United States, anywhere in the country, uh, in terms of trying to get recycling mm-hmm. done? And why why can't right. you recycle globally? Globally, At this uh, oh yeah. Um, in fact, we tried to get a guy on the show in January, Adam Minter, um, and we're gonna as soon as he resurfaces, he's writing a book right now. Uh, he's in Kuala Lumpur, and that was part of the problem. At any rate, you don't need to know that, but he's going to be on the show. Uh, we hope in, in the next few months to discuss this as well. But Marta Keene is here, and uh, we're going to discuss that. Uh, we also had a report that the monarchs are on the move uh, in uh, North America. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about that also today uh, on the show, uh, meaning that, yeah, my goodness, it's that time for the monarchs this generation of monarchs which is so cool anyway the idea that there's a a whole generation that's unlike the rest of the generations mm-hmm. this year and then they they flap their way to mexico and apparently it's been a good year for monarchs in north america up this way the eastern uh the eastern monarch right because there's also the western monarch there's monarchs i believe in australia as well so uh some kind of blew off course i guess i don't know but uh, we're, we'll have a little report on, on that. And, of course, your comments are always welcome at 877-711-5611, 877-711-5611, and uh, on Facebook and on Twitter. Facebook is The Mike Novak Show. Twitter is at Mike Now. Uh, you can write to me, Mike, at MikeNovak.net, M-I-K-E-N-O-W-A-K.net. And we hope you do because... We love having you as part of the conversation. It's the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki, and we will be right back. One of McHenry County's premier sustainability events is coming up, and now's the time to sign up. If your business offers products or services that are eco-friendly, healthy, locally produced, or energy efficient, McHenry County College wants you to join them as an exhibitor at its 11th annual Green Living Expo. The event takes place in November, but registration for vendor and artist space is now open. This year's expo will be bigger than ever. The popular Artist Walk returns, featuring sustainable artwork, jewelry, and decorative items. And if your business offers eco-friendly holiday gifts, being a vendor is the perfect head start to the season. Last year's event attracted more than 1,100 visitors. Peggy and I were there and I bowled pumpkins for compost. It's a fun way to interact with the green community. Register today for the McHenry County College Green Living Expo. Call 815-479-7765 or email sustainability at mchenry.edu. It's fall, and it's a great time of year to plant just about anything native. 
Once again, The Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki is happy to team with Natural Communities Native Plants to encourage you to make a quick, easy change in the world around you by planting natives. Just like bulbs, native perennial plants installed in the late summer and fall develop their roots and get a head start in the spring. This helps cut down on weeding and also gets you more mature plants with better blooms next year. Fall also usually brings more rain and cooler temperatures than the harsh summer, which helps get plants established. Make a difference right now that's going to last for years. Make the switch to natives, natural communities native plants. Go to naturalcommunities.net and use the code MIKE. You'll get 10% off your purchase until October 1st. So bring birds, bees, butterflies, and beauty to your own backyard. Go to naturalcommunities.net. This is your talk. You want to just put in hashtags in any of your social media. Hashtag 1590 WCGO. Evanston, Chicago. I saw some trash on the ground, some on my desk that I found. It was just laying around, and it was in my way. I could have sorted it fast, the paper, plastics, and glass. But I decided to pass, because it was out of my way. The trash was growing from all we've been throwing. Now it's overflowing. Where you think it's going, baby? Hey, we just get you. And this is crazy. Oh, yeah, sure. Sure they do. You just throw it away, and somebody picks it up and takes it away. And And then a miracle happens. And then a miracle. Uh, That's the official uh, single stream theme. It's called Toss It, Baby. I found that on the uh, inner tubes, and uh, I'm not even sure who does it, but it's got like 50,000 views on that's it. excellent uh, i've never heard that not one. Heard no. that one. Oh, okay. no oh no yeah that's, sometimes that's you, fantastic you just gotta go searching <laughs> uh i couldn't I, I if i were going to try to search today it wouldn't happen because uh i can't get, get online here yeah and i'm offline again too so. okay here oh, we go okay. Yay, okay. <laughs> uh welcome uh marta keen thank you for being here marta is the recycling program specialist for will county illinois where she works with municipalities and townships on garbage, mm-hmm. recycling, landscape collection contracts, um, all of that that good stuff uh, that uh, I have been obsessed with for years and years. And, and a lot of people are, too, because part of the reason they're obsessed is they... Uh, they want to. They want to do the right thing. It's let's start there. Let's start with the positive because in almost all the articles I read about this, and I did a lot of research. And and by the way, my head is exploding all over the room from doing all of that research. Uh, as long pe- as it's recyclable. Uh, uh, yeah, it's not. It's, well, it's, <laughs> it's organic matter, but I don't know what you can do with it. Uh, people want to do the right mm-hmm. thing, don't they? They do. They really do. And for the most part. Uh, they do. They have been for many years. And what we've seen, because I've been doing curbside recycling since 1992 programs, uh, we went from the bin where we just had a few items you could recycle back in the 90s. And even then we had to separate clear glass from the from the blue, from the green, whatever, and the brown. And we had to separate the newspaper from the rest of the paper, mm-hmm. and there was very little rest of yeah. the paper. It was white only. And, mm-hmm. you know, of course, we expanded all that, and it's wonderful. We can recycle so many more things. But beyond that, we also put it all in a cart, and nobody's inspecting the cart. 
And the education programs that used to exist, the waste haulers and the municipalities used to really be out there educating people. Those have all kind of fallen by the wayside, too. So now you have two things happening. You have that everything can go in the cart Mm -hmm. mentality. And when we think about that particular aspect of it, let's think about all the things we've told people they can recycle, but we don't want them to put in the cart. So we've told them they can recycle plastic bags, which are totally recyclable at the grocery store. Okay, at, at the big box. In the right place. In the right place, not in the cart. Mm-hmm. Okay, and we've told them they can recycle electronics. And so, sure, their TV doesn't fit in the cart, but all those small electronics, mm-hmm. they fit in the cart. And, oh, my goodness, that's not where they go either. They have to go to a special drop-off site. So, uh, or if you have special collection, you have to call and make arrangements for it. So there's a lot of things we've been teaching people that they can recycle, but they can't recycle them in the cart. And then you, <laughs> well, yeah. uh, let me let me throw one more into that list, okay? Because I also work in the world of horticulture, all right. And if you're in the world of horticulture, you have to ship plants around. You got to put them in plastic uh, because it's the easiest to clean. It's it's the easiest to manage. I mean, if you yeah, you could use paper. It's it gets wet. It's going to degrade. So plastic has been the container of choice, and the plastic we use is unable to be recycled in most streams in municipalities. Now, why is it? That's insane because there's so many big black plastic pots and small black plastic pots that are created in the world. Uh, You would think that the easiest thing for people to do is put it in your recycling bin so that you can dispose of it properly, but that's not the way the world works, is it? No, and and, you know that's true too, even of cups. Mm -hmm. So you've seen a big push uh, where a lot of the plastic cups that come out uh, are number twos, like your laundry detergent bottle. And everybody thinks, well, why not be able to throw that in? Because it has that number two, and we've all been trained to look at those numbers. Mm-hmm. But when it gets to that sorting facility, they are not always sure. And unless they're spending... Wait, wait who's not the, sure of that, what? That magical mythical, we were saying, the, yeah. that magical spot where everything gets sorted, that is an industrial plant where things are riding on conveyor belts at high speeds and being sorted by optical sorters that cost hundreds of thousands of dollars per optical sort. So if I say, look at all these things going on the line, and I want you to identify the number two plastics. Come around here. Look at this no. photo. I t- oh, You can't see okay. it up there. You see it here. I took this photo at one of those processing plants, all right? And if you go to MikeNovak.net and you go to the blog, you will see that. And those conveyor belts are going very fast. Very fast. And those people have to make split-second decisions about what is going to be recycled, what is not. And sometimes they have to do a second pass. You know, it's just... Yeah, and if something's blocked... Yes. It, oh, it sorters not seeing it properly. Absolutely. So, so when you think about it, I, I always, I always thought the Toy Story movie missed a really <laughs> excellent chance. You know, when I talk to kids, this Ooh, is always Toy Story yeah. has that that thing that I actually wrote them because I'm just that insane. Um, <laughs> no, 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 because you're smart. Well, you know, you're sitting there in the movie theater with your kids, and you're watching them say "landfill" on a big sign. And then they immediately end up on a sorting facility where there's a magnet where a lot of them are clinging to their, you know, right. for their, their mm-hmm. lives, right? Uh, and then once they get done with that sorting process, they end up in an incinerator. None of these things are at a landfill. And so, and so it was very, very concerning for me. But I thought they missed their chance because they didn't even have the eddy current, which is where your aluminum cans get cut. And mm-hmm. back when they first started mm-hmm. in the 90s, if you put a crushed aluminum can on that sorting facility, it would get missed. 
And so all of those crushed aluminum cans could end up going to the landfill, even though you had done your best to recycle but them. But didn't they? They told us to but, crush them. But then they fixed it. They fixed it. Okay. So nowadays, the crushed cans are all getting caught. Right. But this is, you have to keep you know in mind, this is always changing. They're always trying to do new things. But every new thing that they do costs a lot of money to do. It uses space, and it uh, they have to add on to these sorting facilities to make that room. Mm -hmm. And then they Mm -hmm. also have to uh, have personnel sometimes or equipment or both Mm -hmm. to do the actual sort. So when you talk about the black plastic, you talk about the number two cups. These are things that they also have to have a market for. And I was just talking to a gal uh, in, in the central Illinois area, and she was telling me that they can't market some of the things we can market up here because who they market. So think about bakeware, aluminum bakeware. One of my favorite things to tell people that they can recycle. And one of my favorite like, like things. Like a, a, a pie tin. Exactly. A pie pan. Right. Or that lasagna tray that has all the, the burnt pasta on the bottom with the cheese and the spaghetti sauce. It's all crusted in there. Now and I want lasagna. I guess it doesn't <laughs> yum. So, so, okay, when you use one of those trays, mm-hmm. right, it's aluminum. And so in our markets up here, you could throw that in, even with all that crusty stuff on it, because it's going to go into a 3,000-degree furnace. And it's going to move really quick. So it's not even like it's in storage for a week attracting rodents or insects. Right. Yeah. Okay? This is moving. But when you get other places, their markets will come back to them, and, the, um, and they will say that's a contaminated item. We can't take that. We only want the cans. Really? Yeah. And that, that boggles my mind, because, you, you know, aluminum parts on a car. This gets what's the to a, a really good point, though. And by the way, that's uh, Marta Keene from uh, Will County. She's a recycling program specialist. It gets to an issue that hits people every day, which is our recycling has gotten very complex. And we make a lot of stuff in the world, not just the United States, but the world. We make a lot of stuff. And we make it out of materials that are not easily categorized. And that's part of our problem. So I'll tell you my latest, uh, again, more brains splattering all over this room, uh, was when I discovered that plastic clamshells for fruit could not be recycled. And, and And I said, well, wait a second. I've been throwing those suckers in there forever because it's got the, you know, and, and you and I both know, and we should explain this, Marta, when you see a symbol on a uh, a product that, that, that has the, the recycling symbol on it, it doesn't mean that it can be recycled. It's merely categorizing the kind of, uh, uh, of material that it's made of. Now, that's a... That's a subtle point, but a lot of people don't get it. They assume, well, it's got a three, so that three goes, that can be recycled because it says three. Well, that's not necessarily true. No. Uh, it, when we first started back in the 90s, it was number one and number two only. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's progressed so much. There's only seven plastic resins identified. And that's the important thing of what you're saying. Uh, you know, that they are representing a category of a plastic resin. So... Number one and number two are the most broadly used. Those are our, our pop bottles. Those are our, our laundry detergent bottles and our milk jugs. The P- okay? PET and, and Yes, and uh, HDPE. Similar. Right. And so, but, but now we can do the LDPE and we can do all these other ones. Um, v is vinyl. Okay, when you get to number seven, mm-hmm. number seven actually spells O-T-H-E-R. 
And it is not an acronym. It is the word other. It can be a combination <laughs> of those first six. It could be a brand new plastic they just invented. Mm-hmm. And yet, for some reason, we have been able to say yes to every number in that whole soup except number six. Number six is polystyrene. Mm-hmm. And those fruit trays that you just mentioned, the clamshells, those, those, those were actually originally, back in the day, number sixes. And the industry made a change. And now, today, they're mostly number ones. Um, and yet, well, then why can't it re- it, be recycled? It's the same problem we're having with the cups and with the planters. It's all on your end market. So that gal I was mentioning uh, from Central Illinois, she said they can still take the bakeware, they still can take aluminum foil, but they have to do an additional sort in their line, hmm. and they have to then market that as a much lower grade mixed aluminum scrap. So that's just like if you went to a scrapyard with it, basically. Yeah. And so that's that doesn't have the same value to them. They don't want to encourage that material coming to them. Mm-hmm. You know, they can handle it, but they don't want to encourage it because it's just it's not making them the kind of money they need to to keep the lights on, to keep those conveyor wait, wait, belts wait, wait. So running. You're saying it can actually be recycled. It it's can. just that they don't. There's no value. There's little very value. little value, right? Yeah, but there's so many materials like that. You could you toss all of them. I mean, you talked about back in the day we used to re- we used to separate these things. Right. And it was really simple. There was paper, there was metal, there was aluminum, metal, and other metal, and there was glass. End of story. We're done here. And then, oh wait, we better put plastic in there too. So we started playing. And then we got to single stream. And folks, single stream is that song you heard at the at the beginning <laughs> of the segment. The idea that you could put everything in one big bin. Don't worry. We have the technology to separate that later. But now we're finding out, no, we really don't have the technology to separate that. So you've got all these people who bought into the system, all right, for 30 years here and who who were told, don't worry, we've got it sussed. We'll handle it for you. And now it turns out, no, we don't have it sussed because now they come into your alley and you were talking about you in the lobby. You and I were talking about various places in state of Illinois. Well, city of Chicago has a national reputation as, as being uh, really bad at recycling. And I'll tell you an example of that. And, and I don't mind beating up on them because I was president of the Chicago Recycling Coalition for six years. And uh, I spent my whole six years beating up on them. And I continue to beat up on them because I went to their website this week. To see the numbers for 2018. Hey, guess what, folks? There are no numbers for 2018. They didn't even bother to put them up there, okay? They got them for 2017, and that recycling rate is 9.2%, which is abysmal when mm-hmm. you consider that San Francisco is is, is uh, recycling at around 80%, all right? right? So here we got the city of Chicago, and they won't even put up the numbers this year. This is how embarrassed they are, and they should be called out because they don't have the political will to get it done. All right. All you folks running for mayor listening to this show, here's what I tell you. Tell people that they're going to get finally get their recycling done in the city of Chicago and and maybe even their yard waste will be picked up, which is not even done in the city of Chicago, even though the mandate in Illinois is that you cannot put 20. I mean, you cannot put yard waste into landfills. You cannot do that. And they're looking for that rate to be 25 percent. Well, in Chicago, it's basically zero. Uh, So. This is me ranting here for a second, but the point I'm making is that we promised people three decades ago that don't worry, we'll we'll take care of it, right. and the, and now it's a it's a ball of confusion to uh, to paraphrase the uh, the uh, uh, oh now the group has gone out of my head oh those guys you know <laughs> I've got sunshine you know the anybody song all right yeah, no all sorry. right. <laughs> 
I know the song. I know yeah. the artist. <laughs> <laughs> We're all just looking at you going, right. Yeah, really. It's like my brain moves way too fast, okay? That's all right. True. But so there but, we are. Well, and I feel bad for the people of Chicago and any of the communities that had the blue bag systems because now we are trying, really to, trying to educate people, don't put the plastic bags in, mm-hmm. the, in the carts. Don't put the plastic bags in your curbside programs. Don't take them to the traditional drop-offs for bottles and cans yeah. and throw the whole bag in there. Take your newspaper out of the bag right. before you throw it Right. In. There's little graphics out there where you show it being emptied. The bag is being emptied over the cart. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's fine if you need to gather it in a bag, but empty the bag. And, and and here you had these people who actually were first introduced to recycling by putting it in a plastic bag. Yeah. So I think it's a really difficult thing to educate people to switch over. Um, but at the same time, I, I think it's something that, like we started with, people really want to learn the right thing to do. And and to that extent, there there has been a contamination task force formed for the state. Uh, that's a it's a working group right now, and they want to come out with educational materials later this year, and then hopefully do a campaign statewide next year. Mm-hmm. But uh, the idea is to identify the things that across the board, not everybody throughout the state can recycle the same things, but everybody throughout the state has the same top items that are that are contaminants to the recycling. And if we just keep telling people what those are, we could really clean up a lot of the contamination. So plastic bags are number one. Uh, yeah, plastic bags. Uh, but if you live in the city of Chicago, you also know we used to have blue bags. And we used to tell people to put the recyclables in plastic bags and then put them in. Oh, it's yeah. just so confusing. All right. This is the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. We're here with Marta Keene. We're talking recycling. We'll be right back. From boat to doorstep, you can have the best in premium and sustainable Alaskan seafood right here in the Midwest. Sitka Salmon Shares is an Alaskan community-supported fishery, or CSF, comprised of small boat family fishermen from southeast Alaska. They're supported by 4,000 CSF members, and you can be one, too. Sign up at SitkaSalmonShares.com to receive fresh Alaska salmon, whitefish, and more in shares ranging from three to nine months. Use promo code MikeNovak18 for $25 off. Go to SitkaSalmonShares.com. If you're a landscaper, educator, administrator, or even a homeowner who's figured out that uh, a couple of junipers on a lawn just ain't sustainable, the 2018 Impact Conference is for you. Presented by the Illinois Landscape Contractors Association, this day-long event looks at how plant communities, soil, natural lawn care, stormwater management, and designing for habitat are long overdue parts of smart landscaping. Impact is October 16 at the Chicago Botanic Garden. Go to ilca.net slash impact dash conference. This is tree keeper number 417, hydrated, loppers sharpened, and reporting that Openlands has tree keeper summer and fall courses in 2018. Tree keepers are trained volunteers who advocate and care for nature's most majestic plants, trees, around the Chicago area. Trust me, you'll be glad you took the course. The summer course is Tuesdays and Thursdays in Arlington Heights. The fall course is Sundays and Thursdays at Wells Park in Chicago. To learn more, visit openlands.org slash treekeepers. Streets Alive returns to Main Street in Evanston on Sunday, September 9, from 1 to 5 p.m., and the Mike Novak Show is proud to be a sponsor. There'll be live music, kids' crafts, pollinator garden tours, bubbles, chalk art, paintings, sports demos, delicious food from street vendors, and the Evanston Green Living Festival for folks looking for products, services, and ideas that promote sustainable lifestyles. As always, Main Street will be open for people to walk, bike, scooter, and skate. For details, visit evanstonstreetsalive.org. 
You're listening to Weekends on WCGO. Check out our Facebook live stream brought to you in part by our exclusive signage partner, Fast Signs of Lincolnwood. Located at 3450 West Devon Avenue, visit them on the web at fastsigns.com slash 80. Yes. Bring back the 60s, folks. Sing it, guys. People moving out, people moving in. Why? Because of the color of the skin. Run, 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 but the shit ain't high. And, of course, that was The Temptations. Yes, for $200. I'm sorry. Oh, but you didn't say it in the form of a question. Oh, we're so sorry. The Temptations. Who were the Temptations? Uh, welcome back to the Mike Novak Show with uh, Peggy <laughs> Molecki. Oh, you see, don't try to follow my logic, okay? Don't try to follow me ever at any time. I just go off into these tangents. Uh, we've got Marta Keene in the studio with us, recycling program specialist for Will County, Illinois. Uh, before we get uh, to uh, some of the the top ten contaminants, um, I, I want to talk just very quickly about a guy. There's there's various people out there who say that we're just focused in the wrong direction here. Um, this fellow in the New York Times uh, who's been kind of contentious for uh, a long time. His name is John Tierney. You might be familiar. You're, you're nodding. So you know John Tierney. Yeah. Uh, in, in like 1996, he was already saying, recycling is a waste of your time. Okay, he and and he's and he hasn't changed his views since then. He's the uh, he's the dark side. Mm -hmm. Okay, of all this. Um, And he wrote recently, just a couple of years ago, he says, according to EPA's estimates, virtually all the greenhouse benefits, more than 90 percent come from just a few materials, paper, cardboard and metals like aluminum in soda cans. That's because recycling one ton of metal or paper saves about three tons of carbon dioxide, a much bigger payoff than the other materials analyzed by the EPA. Recycling one ton of plastic saves only slightly more than one ton of carbon dioxide. A ton of food saves a little less than a ton. For glass, you have to recycle three tons in order to get about one ton of greenhouse benefits Worst of all is yard waste, he writes. It Mm -hmm. takes 20 tons of it to save a single ton of carbon dioxide. So why are we doing this, Marta? Well, well, first of all, you're picking one measurement to gauge everything by, and that's just always a wrong way to look at things. You want to look at things in, in the whole footprint that we're making in the world. And when you talk about something like glass... Well, glass comes from sand, and we tend to have a lot of sand. Uh, so so you could argue that it's relatively easy to get the resources and make the glass. It's extremely energy intensive to make glass from raw materials. So consequently, the recipe to make glass has always included broken glass. So that means by its nature, glass products have recycled content. And you're saving wear and tear on the furnaces when you're putting in produced glass because you don't have 
to use so much raw material and take that whole. So I call it embodied energy, and I'm not alone in that. I got that from someone, I'm sure, and I'm just not giving them credit. But uh, in any event, it's, so it's got embodied energy in every single thing that we use. So when you talk about plastics, plastics are a very lightweight item. One mm-hmm. ton of plastic versus mm-hmm. one ton of glass. I mean, that's just a ridiculous comparison. Yes, they weigh the same, but the av- amount of plastic that would be filling up a landfill if it was one ton versus an amount of glass in a landfill, it's just not remotely the same volume of material. And, and so I question whenever you decide to just use one measurement. It's the s- same concept. This is where I'm going to go off. Okay, um, go as, for it. <laughs> as, as, as when we decide that we're only going to recycle based on the value of the recycling. Right. So when we tell people, and yeah, Peggy, you were talking to me this before we started the show. When you're talking to people about having something that's just based on value, then obviously recycling goes up and down. It rides the waves of the market. And so at any given time, somebody builds a brand new paper recycling facility, which was happening a lot in the 90s. Mm-hmm. Okay, A lot of things going on in Canada, here in North America uh, in general, um, with paper manufacturing. When those plants come online, they just need paper. And the prices would spike. And everybody was going, oh, the paper markets are wonderful, and we're never going to have a problem with paper again. Mm-hmm. And then, you know what? Those markets, they changed as soon as those those new facilities started their regular cycles and mm-hmm. were running, and then they would have their shutdowns for maintenance. And all of a sudden, the paper prices just weren't very good anymore. They weren't as high. And people who got into recycling, when those markets were high, they were all saying, this is fantastic. I'm going to be able to make my bottom line. I'm going to be able to spend all this Get money. Get my ROI. Yes. My return on investment. Absolutely. You know, and, and all of a sudden, they're declaring bankruptcy because they never knew that the markets could actually go south. And the same is true before, before we were in the wars, okay? The prices for metals were okay. They were fine. You know? And then we went into war. And all of a sudden... Which, I'm sorry, which war are you talking about? <laughs> well, we, we were I, in I constant was, war. Well, the two. Okay. The two then, <laughs> that we were trying war. it out of. That's, that's our business. Right. That's what we do. Well, that okay. requires a lot of metal, a mm-hmm. lot of metal, yeah. okay? So, so the markets for metal went way up. And then as we started to disengage and lower the amount of troops that we had on the ground and the amount of trucks that we had over there um, and, and really, really stepped back from that, I'm not going to say we've stopped, but certainly stepped far back, the metal markets tanked, mm-hmm. so to speak. Yeah. <laughs> no, but, 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 but yeah, okay, you're making a really good point, which is markets fluctuate. Uh, what I And something I said out in the lobby, and I'll repeat here on air, is Who's who died and decided that recycling had to be profitable? It's, it, this is the only way we accept it. Uh, you mentioned something right at the top of this conversation uh, when I was reading that uh, article by Tierney, uh, and you said those aren't the only considerations. You know, and and you're right. There are con- other considerations such as the use of virgin products and how much it takes to extract that and how much water we use to extract virgin products uh, and and, and everything else that goes into it. And yet somebody has is sitting on high and saying, well, the only way we can recycle is if it's profitable. Well, I don't buy that. What if I say no, I maybe this is it's is the only way we do garbage if it's profitable. No, we do it because it's because we need a sanitary city. Garbage okay. is always profitable. Well, of course it is, because there's so much of it. So there you go. But and no one wants it, so well, they'll pay. They'll pay to get rid of it. Yeah, well, you know, and folks, maybe that 
is what we need to drum into people's heads. You need to pay to get rid of your, your recyclables. And part of the, the cul-de-sac we went down several decades ago was when we said, don't worry, it's free. Right. We, yeah. will, we will do this for free. You don't have to worry about it. And now we're stuck with that because people go, well, it used to be free. How come we have to pay for our recycling it, now? It was never free, but that was something that a lot of local governments told residents mm-hmm. when they were implementing their programs. They, they literally put the cost, even in their bids, which I've been writing since 92, mm-hmm. they, they would say they, they wanted to show recycling is zero, put your full cost of the services mm-hmm. into the garbage. And it's great to sell it to people Yeah, that it helps way. with buy-in. Right, absolutely. And, and now we have this issue uh, where uh, China has stopped taking, you know, and, and I love these articles that say, how can China do this to us? And I'm thinking, what? China doesn't have a responsibility to take our garbage. Uh, look, dude, you know, if I were China, I'd probably do the same thing. And, and there's a, and it's actually kind of complex. But here's another guy that uh, I've been following, Adam Minter. All right. Uh, who's uh, very famous and, and, and does a, a blog called Shanghai Scrap. And he wrote a, a book called Junkyard Planet. And he's writing another book and we're going to have him on the show, we hope, uh, towards the end of the year. Uh, but in a recent article, he said, um, in typical low-income countries, less than half of all garbage is collected formally. That's part of our problem. When you look mm-hmm. at the world, uh, and what little is picked up tends to end up in unregulated open dumps. In 2015, scientists estimated that as much as 88% of the waste generated in Vietnam is either littered or tossed into uncontained dumps. In China, the rate is about 77%. By comparison, the United States is 2%. So we're actually doing our job here. And what's happening, he he claims that 63% of the plastic that's going into the oceans right now, 63% comes from Asia in unregulated countries. And, And that much of it is fishing debris. Yes, a it's, lot of it's, it is. It's fishing nets and other plastics that it's not cost of effective for them. But the point is, they don't even regulate yeah. their garbage yeah. pickup, and that's that's a huge problem. Now, as I mentioned to you before when we spoke, I I, I said, how do I control what happens in China, in Thailand, in Vietnam? I I, I don't know. No, and, and it's very difficult, and that that's of course where we talk about trade and trade agreements and mm-hmm. asking them to adhere to certain standards. Uh, and, and I can tell you that the solid... Good luck with that now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, but, but the China thing, I mean, we could sit here and say that the China issue is coming because of the trade do- talks, and I'm not going to say that that's not a factor. Uh, I will say that the U.S. EPA will not comment on whether that's a factor. But I, <laughs> I can tell you that prior to the Olympics being held in China, there were, they were taking all of our recycling and they were pretty much letting the doors open to a wide contamination. Mm. And that does not make our, our material recovery facilities here spend the money and the time and the effort to do better sorting of our materials in that magical, mystical place that we, we sort everything. And so when you're, when you're <laughs> That's basically... That's where the elves are, right? Exactly, exactly. Um, but literally thousands yes. of jobs. Yeah. People talk about the economy and That's jobs. That's the other thing. There are, That's a, my goodness. There are millions create. of recycling jobs Absolutely. in the United States. So that's another benefit mm-hmm. when you say it all has to be free. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, but, but here's the thing. So you let the doors wide open. You say, yes, you can contaminate these and we'll take them and we'll deal with it here in China. And then all of a sudden they want, you know, we don't need this. Well, there's a number of factors. First of all, they're not having 
you know, uh, as, as big a need. They have the world's biggest economy in China, bigger than ours, but, but um, a lot of it's lower class. Uh, they don't have the strong middle class that we did have. Um, and then, and then uh, the thing with, with them right now is they're not growing at the same rate. So where they were growing in double digits years ago, now they're growing in single digits, and they're certainly still outpacing our growth. Mm-hmm. Okay, But that means that there is less demand for some of our materials. But however, they have strung the, 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 the pendulum all the way in the opposite direction. Yeah. Their contamination that they want now is unheard of. No one's sorting to that level. Well, there's, and, and, and we're going to get back to this. We're going to do one more segment here. Uh, we're talking to uh, Marta Keene from uh, the recycling program in Will County. Your questions are welcome. 877-711-5611. It's the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. Have you ever walked into a hair salon and been overwhelmed by the smell of chemicals? Well, that's never going to happen at Organic Roots Ego Salon. They use only the safest, most natural professional hair products available to make sure you get great color results that last and won't harm the environment or you. Their salon products and services are free from ammonia, formaldehyde, and other toxins typically found in hair color, perms, and keratin smoothing treatments. Organic Roots also offers a complete menu of safe straightening treatments, including the non-toxic Magic Sleek and Cezanne keratin smoothing products that let you shampoo the same day. They even repurpose hair clippings, recycle product containers, and use LED lighting. Now that's green. Walk into 21st Century Hair Care for women and men at Organic Roots Eco Salon, 3417 Dempster in Skokie. Book your appointment at OrganicRootsEcoSalon.com or call 847-423-2653. Health and beauty. You no longer have to sacrifice one for the other. It's the Angelic Organics 11th Annual Harvest Moon Dinner on September 13th, supporting the center's work to bring urban and rural people together to build local food systems. Feast on a freshly harvested gourmet meal designed by executive chef Cletus Friedman at the Scenic Theater on the Lake. Dinner ingredients will be served at peak freshness from sustainable sources. Peggy and I will be there with a bunch of folks who love good local food and fun. Go to learngrowconnect.org slash harvestmoon. I'm meteorologist Rick DeMaio. Bringing a lot of social science into climate change is really important. People who teach climate change now, you have to really get into how it's affecting people, how it's affecting the ability for people to cope, how it's affecting the ability of people to adapt or to mitigate. Stick around for some more insight into weather and climate and how it might be affecting you, your lives, and your garden. On WCGO 1590, Chicago Smart Talk. Catch Playtime with Bill Turk and Carrie Kendall every Sunday from 1 to 3 p.m. right here on 1590 WCGO. We got three R's we're going to talk about today. We got to learn to reduce, reuse, recycle. Reduce, reuse, recycle. Reduce, reuse, recycle. Reduce, reuse, recycle. To buy some juice, you gotta bring your own bags and you learn to reduce your. Oh, yeah. Waste. Uh, welcome back to the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. I bet you never realized there were so many songs about recycling in the world, and uh, actually, that brings up a really good point. By the way, that's Marta Keene from Will County here, and we're, we're talking recycling and, and that kind of thing uh, on the show today. Uh, Reduce, reuse, recycle, that's only three of the R's. There's refuse is my favorite. Yes. Just stop getting the... Well, and unfortunately, when we get back to the clamshells, the plastic clamshells, 
I've stopped buying fruit in markets now that are in clamshells, which means that my fruit intake is kind of limited because yeah. I don't know what to do about that. What would you suggest? I just refuse to be part of mm-hmm. that system. You know, I can go to the farmer's market, but then I can get, that means I can get what a blueberry for a couple of months uh, during the year, or I can get a frozen in a bag, but right. that's still in a plastic container of some kind. You know, yeah. it's it's just, I, I find it really, really frustrating because it's they're all in clamshells. I mean, it, it even started a couple of decades ago when they suddenly started putting all the produce in plastic. Uh, and I'm sure they, it's supposed to be safer and so forth. But but you know, if you have an outbreak of uh, uh, E. coli mm-hmm. or something, it's going to happen whether it's in plastic or not. Because it happened at the facility, it, right? Exactly. Right, right. So it's not, not making it. You know, no, they're worried right. about somebody touching your lettuce. Oh dear, sneezing on your peaches. Yeah, whatever. I know. Yeah, whatever. Well, whatever. But I, but, but, but this, I, I know there are grocery stores that are cognizant of that. So mm-hmm. some of your chains aren't, but uh, like Whole Foods. I think they sell a lot of uh, the fruits and yeah, vegetables. Unless it's fat. pre-cut, it's usually not in plastic. Yes, yet. right, exactly, yeah. right, right. So but I try to avoid the pre-cut stuff. But again, you're you're you you're making me safer when maybe I'm not, um, and maybe what what's the overall benefit of this? Uh, I'm not sure. We yeah. you know, and yeah, then, what's and, the trade-off on uh, on the clamshells exactly. versus? So, but getting back to recycling and, and, and average citizens uh, trying to do it right in their recycling bins and the idea of contamination, there are some, there's there's a list of some that are more prob- problematic than others, right, Marta? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the, the, the task force, the contamination task force of all things we're called, um, <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're actually uh, looking not only at the plastic bags, um, but we identified a number of things that they call tanglers. So if any of you have ever seen a picture of one of the sorting facilities where there's all these gears, just rows and rows and rows of gears kind of on an uphill as they're picking in th- and sorting things so the heavy stuff falls down and the light stuff fluffs over. Um, so there's, a, there's an engineering technique to this. But the bottom line is the plastic bags tangle in those gears. So do things like hoses. So do things like okay, hoses. clothes. I can't imagine why... It's- I'm sorry. It's plastic. You, you, it's plastic. Yep. I know. It's plastic. But, but and it, people but, think but they're doing got, the right thing. Right. Yeah. Right. Well, see, that's a dumb one because we that that one's been out there for a long time. Don't throw your hose into your recycling. No, no, exactly. I don't know why people make that mistake. I mean, I, can, I, I, I understand. Really toys that. as well. Toys. Yes. Well, yeah. they're plastic. You're right. right. And, and a majority of toys can be plastic, but if it has wheels on it, a lot of times there's a metal rod holding the axle there, so mm-hmm. so I don't I don't know why people are thinking well that's okay. There's not there's not a way to sort that out, and it could be a number of plastics yeah. that are involved in that toy. So again, that that's a that's a difficulty. But but the main things we've been addressing have been the the tanglers. Um, and clothing falls into that category as a tangler. Oh, you guys are doing textile stuff, and this is yes. this is the great under the radar issue. Uh, of recycling in the world is textiles, isn't yes, it? Because yes. we throw away so many clothes. I watch people dump bags of clothes into their garbage in the alley, and 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 I'm stunned at, at that because it can be reused so easily. You know, there are people who suffer catastrophic losses, whether it's floods, it's fires, whatever it is. Okay, uh, women in homeless shelters with their children. Mm-hmm. Um, because they've they've left abusive situations. I, people need clothes. They need toys. Stop throwing these things away. D- 
donate these things. And then you get the folks who go, well, oh, you know, it has a hole in it or it's ripped mm-hmm. or it's stained. And there are other people who say, I won't wear a shirt that somebody else wore. I don't think anybody else wants to do that. Are you out of your mind? Oh, my Lord. Well, and it's, and it's also donating to a small local organization as opposed to a huge donation thing where it all just gets weighed and shipped off somewhere else and winds up in a landfill. Right, right. And that's, we work with a variety of different facilities. Mm-hmm. So we've got the local, we have the right. large. Uh, but, but I will tell you, years ago, I got to tour a Mitsubishi manufacturing plant in the Bloomington area, and they had textiles as the soundproofing in the door. Mm. They had the textiles soundproofing in the hood. So there, so there saw, are uses yeah. for this. So, uses. yeah, let's sit there and think that nobody will wear it again. Okay, so what? Donate it anyway, mm-hmm. and it'll get manufactured into yeah, something. Yeah, it's the problem, though. It's the problem is right. it's not easy to find places that will accept textiles. You can go to uh, a Salvation Army or a Goodwill, and, and I'm not sure exactly what the situation is with them, but some of them want the, the clothes to be usable, whereas uh, you know sometimes they're not usable anymore. So what do you do with those textiles? So, so in May of each year at, the, at Will County, we do a week-long textile collection we were with, we stress, mm-hmm. and anybody who partners with us has to endorse us stressing okay. that we want all your clothes, the stuff that's in beautiful condition that you outgrew. Okay, we want the clothes that you don't think anybody ever would wear. We want your drapes that are faded. We want your tablecloths that are stained. We want the blankets that are torn. Animal shelters people yeah, love blankets. We want yes, everything, everything that's textile, shoes. We want it all. And then that that partner, and it's been as big as Goodwill, and it's it's been as small as the local Catholic charity, okay, that's servicing our own needs. Every single one of them has the ability to take these things. They don't advertise it because it's not going to get them the bread and butter money they need to pay their employees. Mm-hmm. But they can get it mm-hmm. to a market, and they, they can end up making it into new products. And the other thing that needs to happen in this country, we only have a couple of minutes here, is standardization. One of the problems we have with recycling is that every municipality, every county, every entity has its own list. Um, that's insane. Okay. And the same thing occurs in the horticultural industry with mulches and composts and fertilizers and that sort of thing. We don't, we're just terrified of big big government getting in the way uh, when it when all it would do is save us money in terms of standardization and, and getting us a chance to everybody in the country be on the same page. Wouldn't that be lovely if you knew in New York that you could recycle the same thing in Topeka or in Rapid City, South Dakota or in Las Vegas? Well, I don't want to be a contrarian, Uh-oh. but um, but I will tell you that as much as we have wonderful markets for glass in our area, if I was in Arizona... The only thing I would do with glass is turn it into a roadbed material mm-hmm. because it would not make sense for me to ship it to market from New Mexico. From so A lot of states in the U.S. just don't have that. So to get to that goal of a standardized thing, yes, I think educationally it would be great. And in fact, that's part of what Illinois is working on right now. We would like to launch something that is comprehensive across the state. Everyone in the state will take these items. And no one in the state wants these items. Mm -hmm. But in between those two, Mm -hmm. there's a lot of room. And here's the really cool thing about that room. That's where the innovation comes in. That's where we get to take something that nobody else is taking. So think about the milk cartons and the drink boxes. 
Okay, more and more material is getting put into those things. It's lightweight. It's a it's a it's a great alternative to refrigerating things in yep. a lot of instances. So you're saving a lot of energy with it. it. It has a great footprint, but at the same time, not everybody can take it. All right, real quick, you've Saturday, September eighth. You have a uh, uh, an event coming up. What's that? That is our annual. It's almost ten years now. Sharefest Recycle Palooza. <laughs> and um, and we take household hazardous waste. Uh, we take electronics. We take the clothing. We take books. We take toys. We take scrap metal. We take uh, styrofoam and wood. We are retaking all types of wood. And you can find out more information about that at willcountygreen.com. Marta Keene, thank you so much for coming in the studio. We're going to do this again, okay? I love it. Thanks for having me. We will be back. Captain's Log, Stardate 42326.1. The Enterprise is under attack by an apparently hostile life form. Mr. Wolf, status report. Inexplicable, Captain. They appear to be perambulating vegetables. We are being stalked by stalks of asparagus. That is incorrect, Mr. Wolf. Killer Asparagus was the subject of a very popular 21st century tome by the brilliant author Mike Novak. Mike Novak. I'm familiar with his work, and so am I. Mike Novak was one of the smartest, funniest people in the horticultural world of the 21st century. Tell me more, Mr. Data. He has been variously compared to Mark Twain, Dave Barry, and Edgar Allan Poe. Raven Gosplach, my favorite holiday dish. Thank you, Mr. Wolf. Mr. Data, options. It seems to be available online at AroundTheBlockPress.com. AroundTheBlockPress.com. What do they have to say? Hmm. It appears that Mike Novak is a slapstick every gardener. I prefer my asparagus with a side of patach Mr. Wolf, are you joking? Actually, Captain, I believe he is choking. Welcome to the second hour of the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. Green, gardening, and environment radio with just a soup song of humor. Or is that a dash? Call us with your questions and comments at 877-711-5611. Here they are again, Peggy Malecki and Mike Novak. All I need is good food to eat and make me healthy, wealthy, wide awake. Lettuce, tomatoes, root and bacon. What about those sweet potatoes? All I need is good food to eat. All I need is good food to eat. All I need is good tools to make me Welcome back to the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. Can, you, can we have that uh, my audio on my uh, board? Hey, hey, hey. No, no, we're not done. Okay, good. <laughs> okay, just make sure. No, 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 just we're checking. not. Just we're checking. not. We're not. We're not done. We know we're not done. Okay, all right. Uh, because we still haven't done this. Shut up, Wesley. All right. Uh, I feel better sometimes. Ellen. I, sometimes. Ellen. Oh, wait, Ellen. Wait, 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 wait. But hold on. I think we can. Uh, can we take care of that? Yeah. Ellen. 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 Al. Ellen. Okay. See, now I feel better. Yep. We haven't heard from Ellen in a while. We had to get uh, all of those. Can we do, let's see, is, is there any more? We, oh, we can do We can do one more. You, you imbecile, you bloated idiot, you stupid fathead, you... <laughs> okay. All righty then. Uh, <laughs> got that out of your system. Rick, Rick, you've got to hide me. Uh, <laughs> all right. Uh, hey, listen, monarchs are on the move. Um, Peggy sent me this thing the other day. Uh, from Journey North, you go to journeynorth.org slash monarchs, and you're going to find out all the information you need 
Uh, if you just go to Journey North, mm-hmm. because um, I mean, what else is it about? Yeah, you can you can track your track the sightings, track the roosts. Actually, it's Journey South at this point. And they write on the the website: the season is off to an impressive start. Um, overnight roosts, and maybe some of you have seen them. Not so much here in Logan Square in the city of Chicago. Maybe in Highland Park. I don't know. But you're along the lake. You're probably not going to see that either. Um, but overnight roosts are a classic sign of fall migration, and they've been reported from six states and one province. The first was seen on August 11th. Wow. One of the earliest dates ever. Now, I wonder what that means, though. One, you know, that, that's scary. <laughs> Anything that's out yeah. of the norm scares me now. It just that's, makes me... That's a little early, yeah. Uh, uh, well, the- 17 sites have been found, and three sites have contained a 1,000 butterflies or more. Wow. So they did an update um, to that saying thousands of monarchs were flying and roosting at Towis Point, Michigan on August 24th. They were staging by the tens of the thousands that weekend. There was a strong south wind facing. Um, They didn't cross. This is off on Lake Huron. Um, By August 26th, they were moving along and gone. So, my, my goodness. So that's kind of up uh, top of Lake Huron towards the Straits. Area. And as our, our friend entomologist Doug Terran uh, from the Peggy Notabart Nature Museum said earlier in the year, he thought this was an excellent year mm-hmm. for bu- monarchs and butterflies in general. Um, now, the, what happens to the monarchs at this time of year, they, they change dramatically. Uh, the, the generation that that is hatching now and uh, morphing into butterflies is going to exist for several months now, like six months. Is it six? I believe. Yeah, something like, or nine. Yeah, and, and it's a long it's a long time compared to this the, is the generation yeah. that will be leaving. Yeah, and uh, they Mexico. start flying uh, in directional flights, uh, clustering in overnight roosts, nectaring intensely. They've got to build up their strength for that journey all the way mm-hmm. to Mexico. They respond to daylight. Um, it's a central cue that triggers the monarch's migratory state. Um, in the northern breeding range, photo period is falling by 20 minutes this week. So, as you know, it's getting dark early, and the monarchs respond to that, and that's why they they head out. So, mm-hmm. um, oh, okay, here we are. The same hormone deficiency that leads to diapause also leads to increased longevity. Breeding monarchs live only two to six weeks. Migratory monarchs live up to eight months. That's, I just find that fascinating. Yeah. That that whole thing is so cool. So we'll see what happens uh, with the monarchs. It's been a good year up here uh, in the upper reaches of, yeah, of North America. Which is good after the spring when they were saying it was one of the lowest monarch but years But then this is, this is a yeah. continuing conversation mm-hmm. that we have with Doug Terran, who says it's not always the count coming out of Mexico, but it is, it's what, are, what is the count uh, during the summer when they're out about and reproducing and feeding mm-hmm. and and then they their numbers increase and then they come back so um let's uh, knock on uh, formica here and say that uh this uh, has been a good summer and let's hope it turns into a good winter yeah. as well for for the monarchs and you mentioned that you're still seeing you you have caterpillars in I your have, yard i have two final stage caterpillars that uh, i haven't seen a single caterpillar in my yard ever uh, monarch caterpillar I, had I don't know what more, it is. I've seen monarchs, but not caterpillars. More monarch eggs and first and second stage caterpillars this year than I've ever seen. I of course, if... most of them just disappeared. I, yeah. I was reading something saying maybe 5% of all caterpillars survive. Yeah. 
So, and that's why people yeah. want to help. I mean, that's nature. That's the way yeah. nature works. But given the so, I hope the lower these two numbers, in my garden survive and head off to Mexico. All right, coming up in the second segment of this hour, um, uh, friends of the show. And the end of an era, we're talking about the benefit for Bolivia, the hosta finale, the hosta happening finale at Rich's Foxwell O'Pines Nursery in Woodstock. A lot of you know who uh, Rich and Susie Eyre are, and uh, they're going to be here uh, in just a couple of minutes to talk about that happening next week. We also have, before the end of the hour, a couple of other things going on. Uh, in the world of food and horticulture and fun, uh, including the County Fair Chicago and Streets Alive right here in Evanston. So stick around for that. It's the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. We're talking hostas, conifers, and your phone calls and comments when we come back. It's fall, and it's a great time of year to plant just about anything native. Once again, the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki is happy to team with Natural Communities Native Plants to encourage you to make a quick, easy change in the world around you by planting natives. Just like bulbs, native perennial plants installed in the late summer and fall develop their roots and get a head start in the spring. This helps cut down on weeding and also gets you more mature plants with better blooms next year. Fall also usually brings more rain and cooler temperatures than the harsh summer, which helps get plants established. Make a difference right now that's going to last for years. Make the switch to natives, natural communities native plants. Go to naturalcommunities.net and use the code MIKE. You'll get 10% off your purchase until October 1st. So bring birds, bees, butterflies, and beauty to your own backyard. Go to naturalcommunities.net. From boat to doorstep. You can have the best in premium and sustainable Alaskan seafood right here in the Midwest. Sitka Salmon Shares is an Alaskan community-supported fishery, or CSF, comprised of small boat family fishermen from southeast Alaska. They're supported by 4,000 CSF members, and you can be one, too. Sign up at SitkaSalmonShares.com to receive fresh Alaska salmon, whitefish, and more in shares ranging from three to nine months. Use promo code MikeNovak18 for $25 off. Go to SitkaSalmonShares.com. Do you love trees? Do you have a great story to tell about a special tree in your life? The Morton Arboretum and Openlands have partnered to launch Tremendous Tree Stories, an online collection of stories highlighting people's connection to trees. Submit stories of the trees you cherish, remember from childhood, or that hold a special meaning for you. Browse the collection and consider sharing your own tree story by visiting tree-stories.org. Tree-stories.org. You're listening to Weekends on WCGO. Check out our Facebook live stream brought to you in part by our exclusive signage partner, Fast Signs of Lincolnwood. Located at 3450 West Devon Avenue, visit them on the web at fastsigns.com slash 80. Welcome back to the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. Indeed, uh, we're never going to survive <laughs> unless we get a little crazy. And speaking of crazy, let's uh, bring in a couple of friends of, oh, we lost them. 
Oh, okay. <laughs> That's what was going on. Speaking of crazy. Okay, the, the phones uh, are going crazy. Okay, well then we'll do the introduction right now while uh, Sonar is getting our guests back. Uh, we're bringing in Rich and Susie Air, the owners of Rich's Fox Willow Pines Nursery in Woodstock, Illinois. And one of the reasons I'm having them on, uh, obviously because uh, they grow uh, rare conifers and uh, dwarf conifers, and they have been doing this for, for 35 years on the, in the north part of Chicago. Uh, but one of the other things they've been doing is for, for a number of years doing what they call a hosta happening. Now, obviously, they don't necessarily grow hostas. That's not what they – well, they do for the hosta happening. But um, they um, uh, uh, have had hostas and sold them for years, especially when Rich's mother, Margaret Eyre, uh, was part of it. She would divide them herself mm. and just uh, into her 90s was was doing this and just a, a wonderful woman. In fact, if you go to my website, MikeNovak.net, and you go to the blog, you'll see a photo taken just a few years ago with uh, Rich and Susie and Margaret uh, and me. Um, That's and, a great photo up there. Yeah, I found it. I, yeah. mean, I couldn't believe I, I found it the other day. I was looking for it. I could not track it down, but now I've got it. And and there they are on the phone. Let's bring in Rich and Susie Air. How are you guys doing? We're always doing good, Mike. We thank God every day for a blessed life. <laughs> happy uh, trails. Yeah. Well, <laughs> good morning. Speaking of happy trails, you guys just kind of, you, you were cruising in New Mexico recently, weren't you? Yes. Uh, you know, Susie and I met there in 1980, and uh, that started this wild romance of ours. <laughs> and, uh, you crazy kids. So um, <laughs> we uh, went into business then in 88. Uh-oh. Uh, we could retire at 70. I'm afraid I'm confessing. Okay. Uh, I'm, 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 I'm going to ask. I'm, well, I gave him a year and a half notice. Okay. I'm going to ask you guys a, a quick question here. You're not traveling right now, are you? Under this administration, we're... Uh... No, no, no. Uh, this is our last year at Fox Willow Pine. No, no, no. Folks, I need to ask you a question. All right. Are you in a car? You're not moving right now, are you? Hello? Uh, I believe we've got a phone issue here. And uh, when you talk to them, uh, Sonar, uh-oh, there, uh, we've lost them. All right, we're gonna, Sonar's going to try to get them back. I just hope they're not traveling because the signal's just going yeah. in and out. Uh, Heading in I'm and out. I was kind of hoping they would settle down in 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 one place so um getting back to uh rich's fox willow pines and the the nursery yeah this is their final year they're they've decided to to hang it up uh and go so, traveling and go uh, and do whatever they're yeah. gonna do um well it's, it's kind of cool because rich has worked for so long um he was in the peace corps he's worked yeah. down in bolivia and they support a lot of groups like mano a mano and Heifer International, they have been a huge supporters of Heifer International over the year. Um, so, and some of the things uh, that are available at the Hosta happening next week, um, Hostas, uh, uh, of course, uh, uh, from mini to large forms, leaves of green, blue, yellow, variegation, touches of cream or chartreuse. Uh, but they also have, because they're supporting mano a mano, uh, 
Bolivian handcrafts, including scarves, sweaters, tablecloths, bags, coin purses, and more. Uh, previous efforts raised enough funds to build and dedicate a school hmm. in Sora Sora in honor of, of Rich's mother, Margaret Eyre. So that has been uh, a really cool part of uh, what they have done over the years. Now, the address for that, if you want to go up there, is 11618 McConnell Road in Woodstock. Um, probably the easiest way to find out about this is go to www.richesfoxwillowpines.com. Um, or go and, to their Facebook page as well. Yeah, they got a Facebook page mm-hmm. as well, and you can get uh, all the information you need. Um, I'm. Well, it looks like we, I, we, I, we might have them again. I hope Basona's telling them to stay in one place. Don't move. <laughs> Hold your tinfoil hat. Uh-huh, above stand your, on one leg. And, uh, mm-hmm. and let's. Well, one really important thing on the Hosta Happening finale cash or check only, no credit cards. Ah, good point. Yeah. That is a good point. So, um, again, um, I, I, I'm waiting here, and, and we're seeing. Uh, and he's talking. I don't know if he's hearing. Are we? Are we? We're, he's not. saying okay. one minute. Okay. okay. So you yeah. want to go there. One-gallon hostas are now $5, too. Uh, okay. Yep. Well, that's good. I'm glad See, to hear my, my, it. My, my, my filling in here. And, again, the, uh, the time is Saturday, September 8th. That's next Saturday, 9 a.m. to 4 p.m. And again, the address is uh, 11618 McConnell Road in Woodstock, Illinois. I'm not sure why this is taking so long, but now, uh, oh, I think he's getting more phone numbers. Okay, well, uh, (laughs) all right, well, then we're going to go straight. They're going to the landline. See, this is it. I tell people, go to the landline every time. So you have a lot of photos with Margaret Eyre. Yes. Well, not a lot. Well, I there's a several. couple I've, I've seen yeah, over the years. Yeah, there's a couple of them because she would come and hang out and she was she mm-hmm. would help divide the hostas and be part of it. And she was the goodwill ambassador out at Rich's Fox Willow Pines. So when everybody would show up, they would immediately gravitate to Margaret because mm-hmm. she was such a wonderful human being. Uh, and, 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 uh, she... and, and we're just telling stories here, Rich and Susie, about Margaret and the uh, yeah. hosta happening. Me, I had to have a nice mother. Uh, you had a very nice mother, and uh, um, she was. Did she start the hosta happening? What's the story on how that happened? Well, how it happened was uh, Margaret, you know, was the sharecropper's daughter on Mannheim and Lawrence Road there, and so she was raised as a farm girl, hmm. uh, right in the middle of the city there, and born in eighteen, and she nineteen eighteen. Nineteen eighteen. Right. And when she gave us a couple of CDs when we went into business, and uh, I was up visiting some friends in Sturgeon Bay called Meisner Nursery, and they had a wonderful view of dwarf conifers and killer hostas. So I brought back fifteen or twenty for mom. Ended up, she really liked him. I bought five hundred for five hundred. Wow! <laughs> and then um, everything's a stock plant, you know. Uh-huh. <laughs> so it. Um, you can justify any plant purchase. Just go in the business. Well, let me ask you. So then, uh, <laughs> so then uh, she um, really loved him, and people started showing up wanting to buy him. And I said they were mom, and at that time, Susie and I were on the board of Heifer Project, which this is. 
my 50th year of being a volunteer for them and my 50th year of uh, being in the Peace Corps. So uh, when uh, Heifer, by reasons unbeknownst to me... What, uh, no, Rich, so you they you would dig them up and your mom saved up $2,500, and then she said, I think I'll give that to Heifer International. And we thought, whoa, what a concept, tosses for heifers. And then we started endowing uh, places in Africa and Bolivia. Uh Uh, The greatest need of people is in uh, Africa, and the African woman has the the real plight. So then um, a friend of mine um, was pursued by a Bolivian guy and followed us up here 50 years ago, and then they they got together, and then they started building hospitals. Now, in my, Bolivia. In Bolivia. Not, my thought was always to try and save as many lives as we could. And uh, so with this hospital thing, they built 160 hospitals without one failure. This is Mano a Mano International mm-hmm. now. Based out of Minneapolis, St. Paul. Mano a Mano International. And mm-hmm. so my thing was, um, I, before we get too far into it, I just want to give thanks to you, Mike, as a wonderful supporter of us and our dreams and trying to make a little bit of difference in life. And to all our customers and workers and all these people don't do things themselves. You know, everything is us joined together. And Mm -hmm. those of us that pursue a slightly idealistic world, you know, we have to try a little harder because the bad guys seem to be working overtime. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, they are. Well, at any rate, Mike, I just want to insert this, that uh, through Heifer International, buying farm animal people for people to provide uh, food and income, um, you know, that certainly digging up the hostas where it's a, you dig up half, you put half back in the ground and you have as many next year. It's such a beautiful plant to in many ways, it's the most rewarding plant to grow because you don't have to do anything, and it's better every year. <laughs> it's true. And um, so, you know, just the idea that we we would pass on the gift of the hosta and people would make a donation to Heifer International, and Heifer's no longer in Bolivia, so we are putting our support with Mano a Mano International that builds schools, hospitals, roads, and reservoirs and manages, you know, health, education, and economic development for rural Bolivians. It's quite empowering. Um, they would be glad to take anybody to see their projects in Bolivia. Uh, they're based out of St. Paul, Minnesota. Mm-hmm. Yes. You know, and, and, uh, go ahead. Uh, yeah, you, let me just say that the hosta was kind of a sidebar because you really, what you know, you, you, you sold the conifers, rare and dwarf conifers, uh, and, and yet you had these hostas, so there was this the, it was sort of a bonus to, to, to the regular business, wasn't it? Well, it was a way to make uh, money for those. It was a way to enhance our money-making in a quicker way than most most areas. Nothing produces money faster than perennials in general, and Haas is one of the most... Uh, they really kick it out fast. So yeah. we had a wonderful dance uh, doing this Plus thing. All the plants we sold at Navy Pier, uh, you know, little conifers and hostas. Sure. Uh, um, all that adds up, and it saves lives. My, and my speaking fees, I tell people, well, I really don't want to sell this plant, but if you would um, give me 2X, it really isn't worth it. But uh, I, If you write the check to your charity. If you write a check, and then they would get a... 
a, a discount on their income taxes. Yeah, right. yeah, they would get a charitable donation. So, so let me ask you a question about the conifers. So how many? You started with five hundred. How many conifers do you estimate you have in stock right well, now? Well, I don't know right at the moment. Somewhere around 2,000. We had 2,500 at one Different time. varieties? Yeah. Different varieties. And then we had uh, about 1,000 varieties of deciduous things and 1,000 varieties of perennials. And uh, conifers always shined great in my life. And uh, I want to encourage, uh, but that isn't all we sell. And um, I... Uh, also give uh, counsel, and uh, I encourage people to pick out their own plants, and then I try and help people select um, uh, the plants that they like, and then I help them cite them in the right spot. That's what people really need help in is uh, to do that, and we've been doing that for 30 years, and uh, the, everything has been gleaned very thoroughly here, and everything is very... The two major disease problems, and it was very sad for me, uh, I had over 500 varieties of blue spruce. And so wow. needle cast disease is where the needles drop off. Right. And when we hosted the national meeting of the American Conifer Society, I incorporated just 500 uh, blue spruce in one garden. And they were all sorts of aberrated forms and quite exciting. In one day... Me and a friend from Colorado was just honored. They're doing a motion picture on him from Denver Botanic Gardens. We were just in Denver saluting my buddy, who we found 90-some varieties in one day. And, uh, now, he's talking days, about mutations on trees. Mutations in trees. Yeah, because yeah. that's, that's, that's how you discovered things, so you, witches' brooms and other things like that, right? Yeah, Susie and I didn't have the blessing of children, so what we went for was trying all sorts of different ways to leave legacy <laughs> and uh so we wanted to leave legacy in our plants and to those um that are in need and uh, that's what we want try to, to bring joy to people i mean just think of what we get to do every day mike people come they have uh an idea of what they might like and then we get to show them they get blown away every day on our um variety of trees and the different kinds of uh shapes and and forms, and especially people who have shade, have a lot of limitations. I got, on okay, they can uh, plant. Let me, we only have a couple of minutes here, so let me throw in something real quick. I got a question on Twitter just now. Uh, the Twitter person asks, "Is this where I go for my newest uh, desire of scented hosta? I've fallen in love with the scent of friends' hostas, yet no one knows the name of them. Do you have any scented hostas? Do you know? Sure. Uh, the the scented ones come from Plantagenia, which is Chinese, and that's the white flowering one. And uh, so they're they're very easy to tell. And right at the present time, Plantagenia is blooming. So the really... white flowers are the ones that have the scent. Well, I would tell my friend Steegs, who who wrote there, stop by because it's next Saturday, uh, so nine to four. It'll go on as long as we're here, and we're still looking for a brain damaged multimillionaire who wants to. Uh, buy a tree nursery. <laughs> so if you're interested in purchasing a nursery, there's one with some great stock in there, about 2000 oh I got you that right in. We, we, uh, we had a lot of fun trucking around the mountains of the U.S. and Europe and visiting tree people. Riches, foxwillowpines.com. Thank you guys for being on the show. We'll see you next week.
Did you know that a running toilet can waste up to 200 gallons of water per day? In the Green Diva Minute, you'll learn more and be on your way to living a deeper shade of green. Water is a precious and vital resource, and 750 million people on this planet don't have access to safe, clean water. So let's not waste what we have, okay? According to the EPA, we lose over 1 trillion gallons of water a year to household leaks. So let's fix those leaky faucets, folks. While you're at it, consider installing a low-flow showerhead and a low-flow toilet. And maybe sing a shorter song when you're in the shower, because Americans also use 1.2 trillion gallons of water just showering every year. Just saying. I'm Green Diva Meg. Find more useful Green Diva podcasts, videos, and of course, lots of low-stress ways to live a deeper shade of green at thegreendivas.com. Whether it's March, July, September, or December, if you're a gardener, any time of year is perfect for a subscription to Chicagoland Gardening Magazine. It's the garden magazine for our region and one of the best gardening magazines in the country. Every issue features spectacular photos, articles by noted horticultural authorities, nursery owners, state extension agents, master gardeners, and more. There are columns like Ask the Garden Pros, regional reports, what to do in the garden, and even my column on the inside back page of every issue. I make up stuff and they pay me for it. Go figure. Chicagoland Gardening Magazine, a publication of state-by-state gardening magazines. On newsstands everywhere. But go to chicagolandgardening.com and get a subscription. If you're in other parts of the Midwest or the South, try one of the 21 magazines in those regions by going to statebystategardening.com. Or call 888-265-3600. Yes, it does. It confounds the science. Welcome back to the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. By the way, that thing um, is making the rounds. That's a viral video. Yeah, uh, have you seen? You've seen that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, you, you, you just uh, type in "confounds the silence" and you science. Will, I'm sorry, the science uh, confounds the science, and uh, you'll you'll find that floating around the inner tubes. Uh, uh, oh, we got our. Uh, Oh, look we're at, set. Oh my goodness! I, I can't tell you what so <laughs> sonar's been running around and climbing under things and whipping out the screwdriver. He was being and, a MacGyver in here a couple oh, minutes ago, totally. and, and this phone bank is being held together with bubble gum right now and uh, and uh, gorilla gr- glue. Right? I think that's what we're using. Gorilla glue, of course. Uh, let's uh, let's uh, let's go to the phone right now. And and bring in our guest, Rick Nelson. Rick Nelson. Hey, Rick. How are you? I'm doing good. Thanks so much for having me today. Thank you for being on the show. You're uh, with Streets Alive and uh, Green Living Festival Planning Committee, uh, part of uh, Streets Evanston Streets Alive, which is coming up next Sunday, September 9th, one to five p.m. Main Street. 
from Florence to Chicago Avenue, right here in the city of, go ahead, Evanston. Thank you. Uh, and uh, tell us what's uh, what's happening at Streets Alive. So Streets Alive is a, a community event where we block off one mile of Main Street in Evanston, and we basically stop all traffic for four hours and let people gather in the streets to mingle, play, learn, and eat some great food. So the event is also a celebration of active and sustainable lifestyles, so we strongly encourage people to walk, bike, run, or come via public transit. Mm-hmm. Um, and as you mentioned, there's also a Green Living Festival within the event with dozens of exhibitors who will present products, services, and ideas that will help attendees lead a more sustainable life. So, you know, our thought is if you're looking for something fun and unique to do, especially as a family, we think Streets Alive is really a great event to check out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, one of the things, uh, well, uh, Peggy and I have been promoting it for several weeks here on the show. we did some uh, public service announcements for it, and I love the fact that you 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 shut off the street, but then you tell people now bring your bikes, bring your <laughs> bring your kids, your walking shoes, your skateboards, whatever, your roller skates, your and, dogs, and, your everything, and just get out there and and try some alternative means of transportation, right? Absolutely, and you know, just to kind of give a little bit of history is. Um, this comes out of uh, something called an open streets movement, mm-hmm. and that actually started quite a while ago, um, back, I want to say, in the 70s in Bogota, Colombia. And they started off with an event, and the idea was just to block off the streets, let the people come out, be very active, uh, as you said, walk, you know, ride your bike, run, you know, just get out, be moving about. So they started off this, and it, and it was fairly modest as far as uh, the original event, but now here we are like 40-some years later, and in Bogota at this point in time, every Sunday from 7 a.m. to 2 p.m., they actually block off um, approximately 76 miles of streets. Wow. Wow. And they have a huge population, like 1.7 million people come out, and they run, they bike, they walk, a lot of vendors come out, there's a lot of activity. But actually, after 40-some years, that's still going, and it's, it's still going extremely strong. So that's kind of the genesis for what we're doing in Evanston. Mm-hmm. We're not quite to, you know, blocking off 76 miles of street. <laughs> yeah, but why not? You know, I, 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 yeah, I, as you're saying that, Rick, I'm thinking, how cool would that be? Imagine if the city of Chicago decided, well, well let's block off, like, the whole downtown area uh, for, for a day. And just see what happens. Or Evanston, you know, shut down the whole city, just get rid of the cars. Uh, It would be transformative, uh, it seems to me. And it would certainly make a point. Yeah, and a lot of people would be upset and, oh, you're inconveniencing me. But, you know, you have sometimes you have to make those points about our lifestyles and and the way we live. Don't you think? Absolutely. So, you know, I I think with the festival, you know, we're just trying to get, you know, sometimes it's just trying to get people to think a certain way Mm -hmm. and start moving in a certain direction. And so, you know, this is the the sixth year that the Streets Alive has been taking place. And we try to improve it, you know, grow it, uh, involve more activities, more different things. So, you know, we... We're not quite to Bogota, but we certainly have <laughs> almost, uh, you know, aspirations almost. to get bigger and better. I think one of the really interesting things is that you've combined it with the Green Living Festival, which used to be a standalone event. And this is, what, the third year that they're together, I think? Um, I think uh, it's 
the third, it's either the third or the fourth third, year. I believe third or fourth, fourth yeah. year. Yeah, so... Yeah, and, and, and just to... Go ahead. I was going to say, so, it, you know, people get a chance to see... Um, we printed out the uh, Green Living oh, Festival it goes Exhibitor. On. It's yeah. amazing how many groups that you've you've got in, in, involved here. Uh, uh, Carbon Day Automotive and Citizens Climate Lobby, Evanston Chapter, and Citizens Utility Board, and... Uh, collective resource. I love collective resource. Uh, and uh, they, you know, er, they, Earlene Howard, and, Earlene and Howard, her and her folks who collect food scraps. You've got ComEd, and uh, it just goes on and yeah, on. Edible and on. Evanston, Environmental Justice Evanston, uh, the College and Northwestern's involved. The Evanston Sustainability Network, Greenwise Organic Lawn Care, uh, Illinois Solar Energy Association, the ISEA. That we're we're big fans of the ISEA, and uh, as a matter of fact, I hear they're you know they're doing their raffle for a Tesla again this year. So folks might want to go to ISEA and get uh, more information about that. Uh, the Nuclear Energy Information Service. It just the the list is is tremendous here. So congratulations on getting all those groups involved. Uh, you know, it, it's really our pleasure, and and a lot of those groups, you know, ComEd has come back year after year, and, and you know they've been a sponsor, and ISEA, the uh, Illinois Solar Energy Association, as you mentioned, um, you know they've they've been a consistent participant. So. You know, a fair number come back year after year, but we certainly you know, are always looking for a variety. So people are going to, you know, mm-hmm. they may have an interest in one area of the environment or another, but we so we try to basically cover a gamut here that allows everybody to get a little bit of something that they're looking for. So, yeah, a, a great variety, and I think people, if they have a focus on the environment in their lives, they would appreciate to come out and talk with some of the people who will be exhibiting. And it's it's tents and other exhibits up and down the streets. Um, food trucks. Uh, you, you've got a lot of entertainment planned as well. A lot of different um, for for different age groups, music and other entertainment. What's what's on the docket? So um, you know, some are time dependent. So there are programs, but I'm just kind of looking here quickly. But um, we have a program. There's going to be an Indonesian dance group, a Brazilian samba parade. Um, the main Dempster Mile is going to have a concert with the Rolling Clones. Um, a couple of different <laughs> drum groups, uh, Soul Creations Drum Circle and a Japanese drumming group. Mm-hmm. Um, so those are time-dependent, and people would have to look at the at the actual program and, and the schedule yeah. that's going to be associated there. And that's... Tons of family and kid activities. You, know, you mentioned some of them, but we've got shelter building, bubble making, uh, nature spray. Painting. Oh wait, wait, wait. Okay, go ahead and start because that, that bubbles, was bubbles, bubbles. That, that was the thing when we saw when Peggy and I were doing our announcement, our PSA. We we got stopped by the bubbles, and I thought bubbles. Yes, let people know there are bubbles. So I, I assume I assume <laughs> they're big bubbles or thing. little bubbles or a little bit of everything. They are big bubbles, and uh, you know it's something that it's like a definitely like a kid magnet in <laughs> children's. <laughs> yeah, that's and, 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 yeah. Mike's going to be there. Yep. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> hey, listen, okay. Rick. Uh, so, we... That would be appropriate because I also I, I also see every year basically the parents start getting competitive with their kids. <laughs> <laughs> now, don't the keep, keep the parents bubble. away. Don't let the parents get involved. That, that's going to ruin everything. <laughs> Uh, all right, uh, Rick, we got to let you go because we've got one more event we need to talk about. But I want to remind folks that, that it's next Sunday, September 9th, a week from today, 1 to 5 p.m., Main Street, 
from Florence to Chicago Avenue in Evanston, the Evanston Streets Alive. Rick Nelson, thank you so much for being on the show with us this and morning. Let me give the website on that. Oh, okay, it's, yeah. As you say, www.cityofevanston.org slash streets alive for the full schedule and more information. All right. Perfect. All thank right, you Rick. so much for having me. See you soon. Take care. Thanks, Rick. Okay. Bye-bye. Uh, and the other thing we wanted to get to, because there's something else going on uh, next Saturday. And Sunday. And, is, uh, and yep, Sunday. Saturday and yep, Sunday. Saturday. It's a, a, a new event being launched this year. Uh, uh, take it away, Peggy. <laughs> uh, it's called County Fair Chicago. And uh, it's along bringing county fairs into the city. Um, there's a long tradition of county fairs, but Chicago doesn't really have its own. So they are launching this. That's rude, if you ask me. Uh, County, oh. County Fair Chicago is on the northwest side in the Six Corners neighborhood. Mm-hmm. It's going to be Saturday, September 8th, and Sunday, September 9th. Um, Saturday's 12 to 10 p.m. Sunday is 12 to 8 p.m., directly behind 4901 West Irving Park Road, which is uh, the Binnies. And proceeds are benefiting the beautification of Six Corners community and local charities. So um, if you're... In the city, in the county, you want to to uh, experience Americana with an urban twist. Um, there's going to be uh, a variety of educational, interactive workshops. Uh, there's uh, and music, music, lots of music, lots of food, Blue, and... bluegrass, rockabilly, country jams. Uh, I, obviously, if it's a county fair, that's uh, that's the direction you got to go in, right? Mm-hmm. And oh, and there's even a, a, a traditional barn dance uh, on Saturday night after the sun goes down. So uh, and a pie eating contest on Saturday. <laughs> no, <laughs> oh, at least at least there's not a hot dog eating contest. You know, they, they every year and you see the Fourth of July thing and they have the big hot dog eating contest at Coney Island. Ooh, ooh. I know it's it's probably the most disgusting thing that america does is the hot dog eating contest i mean i'm sorry i just it just gives me the willies when i see i have to turn Ew. off the tv when i'm watching because i just know the guy's gonna well yeah. you know something bad's gonna happen after eating all those hot dogs that's for sure <laughs> okay uh so the county fair chicago next saturday and sunday and uh, folks can learn more at sixcorners.com slash countyfairchicago. Right. It's uh, 12 to 10, 12 noon to 10 p.m. on Saturday and uh, 12 to 8 p.m. on Sunday. All right. It's the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. Guess who's coming up? Rick DeMaio next. Stick around. Now's the time to sign up for one of McHenry County's premier sustainability events. If your business offers products or services that are eco-friendly, healthy, locally produced, or energy efficient, McHenry County College wants you to join them as an exhibitor at its 11th annual Green Living Expo. The event takes place November 3rd, but registration for vendor and artist space is open now. This year's expo will be bigger than ever. The popular Artist Walk returns, featuring sustainable artwork, jewelry, and decorative items. And if your business offers eco-friendly holiday gifts, being a vendor is the perfect head start to the season. Last year's event attracted more than 1,100 visitors. Mike and I were there, and we know the expo is a fun way to interact with McHenry County's green community. Register today for the McHenry County College Green Living Expo. Call 815-479-7765 or email sustainability at mchenry.edu. 
If you're a landscaper, educator, administrator, or even a homeowner who's figured out that a couple of junipers and a lawn ain't sustainable, the 2018 Impact Conference is for you. Presented by the Illinois Landscape Contractors Association, this day-long event looks at how plant communities, soil, natural lawn care, stormwater management, and designing for habitat are long overdue parts of smart landscaping. Impact is October 16th at the Chicago Botanic Garden. Go to ilca.net slash impact conference. Angelic Organics Learning Center celebrates its 11th annual Harvest Moon Dinner on September 13th with proceeds supporting the center's work to bring urban and rural people together to build our local food systems. Feast on a freshly harvested gourmet meal at Theater on the Lake that's designed by executive chef Cletus Friedman. Enjoy delicious delights from Bang Bang Pie and Biscuits, craft cocktails, live music by guitarist Mark Dvorak, photo ops with adorable farm animals, a live auction, a farm store, and more. Guests can also attend a VIP discussion moderated by Monica Eng of WBEZ with Jack Gilbert of the University of Chicago and Angelic Organics Association President Tom Spaulding. Dinner ingredients will be served at their peak freshness from sustainable sources. Join Mike, me, and a bunch of folks who love good local food at Theater on the Lake on September 13th. For tickets and information, go to learngrowconnect.org slash harvestmoon. This is your talk. And this place is really something else, huh? Only on 1590 WCGO, Evanston, Chicago. Take out the papers and the trash. Or you don't get no spending cash. If you don't scrub that kitchen floor, you ain't gonna rock and roll no more. Don't go back. Uh, okay, welcome back to the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. In honor of Rick DeMaio, don't talk back. Uh, we're playing that song. Actually, that was in honor of our earlier conversation we had about re- waste and recycling. Um, and uh, I want to bring uh, Rick. To, and, 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 I, and I should say, uh, before Rick joins us, that we've had a number of people uh, thank us for doing that talk today. And, and so we may have to revisit Mm-hmm. recycling because it's such an important issue. Rick, are you with us? Yeah, I'm here, Mike. Can you hear me? Oh, yeah. I can hear you now. I hear you just great. Okay. Um, uh, good morning, Mike. Good morning, Peg. On this um, first first autumnal climatological Sunday of the season, doesn't uh, feel like it, does it? Uh, no. Well, it, it actually, it wasn't so bad this morning. It was a little coolish when I, when I came out, but it's going to uh, ramp up a little bit today, isn't it? Oh, ramping up already. It's uh, 82 degrees, dew point is 72, Whoa. heading up to 90. And, Soupy. oh, yeah, it's pretty warm. You guys are in that air-conditioned studio. That's true. We have no <laughs> idea of what it's like out there. You know, you, you're in yeah. here for two hours, and you're freezing to death, and then you walk outside, and you get hammered. So that's the way it works. Right, yeah, that's basically <laughs> it. Welcome to radio, right? Terrestrial. Stuff. <laughs> well, you know, it's it's one of the things you can. Uh, actually, sometimes it gets warm in here. It does. It can get pretty toasty. In yeah, the today it's someplace. really nice. Mm. It's it's perfect in here. But you know, you know, from having worked in the uh, the business for a long time, Rick, that engineers like it cool. They just want all that equi- yeah. that equipment <laughs> nice and cool. So whoa, whoa, whoa. Uh, it's the equipment that <laughs> likes it cool. Oh, the, oh, oh okay. <laughs> All right, Sonar. Sonar says it's the equipment that likes it cool, not so much the engineers, because the engineers uh, yeah, wear sweaters and jackets. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah, because well, you, the problem is you engineers, you're always wearing T-shirts, and so you're always freezing to death. That's what's going on. Well, he's, he's got his nice cardigan he wears in the wintertime. <laughs> That's true. 
So, uh, but that, yeah. Ooh, cardigan, that just makes me cringe right now. <laughs> I know. Yeah. A fleece I'm and like, cardigans uh, and you know, we socks. St- we, still, we still have a ways to go. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Who needs socks? Uh, but we have a ways to go, don't we, Rick? Yeah, and, and, and in fact, um, it, it's happening again. We've seen this time and time again. It seems like uh, we get into the month of September, um, and summer just keeps pushing itself, mm-hmm. you know, more and more uh, to end, you know, later and later. Um, you know, we talked about this last year. We may even, you know, mentioned it last week, where the average date of the last freeze seems to be happening about a week later uh, for both Midway and O'Hare. Um, and not only that, we've seen these tremendously large, you know, heavy rain systems develop either at the end of a, you know, basically a landfalling hurricane, a tropical storm, or just a pattern that seemed to get kind of stuck in a rut in the last couple of weeks of um, August into the first couple of weeks of September. And it just seems to be a growing trend that the first half of September just seems to be getting warmer and warmer and warmer. Um, and I think it would be kind of interesting to go back and look at not only, you know, here in northern Illinois, but basically take a snapshot of the entire Midwest and see whether or not that trend um, is indeed something that's happening, or is it just something that when it's happening, you think it's happening all the time, that <laughs> oftentimes occurs in, in, in weather and climate, doesn't it? You know, well, what we need is we need a guy like uh, Pat Scatch, who keeps track of all that information, and, and then he just calls it up and, and, and throws it at us when we need it, so... Uh, but I think you're right. When we're, when you're in something, you think, oh, it must be like this all the time. But uh, it's right, right. It's important. Uh, but I think we've, I think for sure, we we've we've kind of said to ourselves, man, when we get rain, it just seems to get really, really heavy rain. You know, last night, uh, I'm sure up by Peg, you were seeing probably a lot more heavy rain, a lot more lightning. And I had it for about an hour or two last night, mm-hmm. and then it basically ended. I'm sure, Mike, by you, you probably didn't get much of anything. Uh, but some of the numbers that I just pulled off the um, uh, the Cocoa site, which means the collaborative effort uh, from a community standpoint for volunteers for rain, hail, and snow, uh, Woodstock came in with 4.1 inches of rain, wow. Roscoe hmm. 2.9 inches, Mundelein 2.24, uh, McHenry, that's the town of McHenry 2.3, Wheeling 1.47, Rockford about 2.1, um, and you get a little bit further south, O'Hare and Midway had pretty much less than about a half inch last night. But, you know, we got rocked early yesterday morning. And while we'll get a break today, there's still a possibility of over the next seven days an additional three to five inches of rain for us. But if you look at the areas across southwest Wisconsin, which got absolutely pummeled in the Madison area about two weeks ago, mm-hmm. and then all of central Wisconsin last week, anywhere between six and ten inches of rain, you know, they're looking at an additional three to five inches of rain on top of that. Wow. So now you're getting into the time of the year where it's not so much, okay, we don't need any more rain because the plants don't need it. It's the farmers. You know, how do you get a tractor out in the field and harvest when you're not only dealing with, with wet crops but also muddy fields? So it's going to become more of a more of an agricultural issue as we head into the next couple of weeks. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it was interesting. You were talking about how the uh, the rain was uh, towards the north. I was sitting on my back porch, uh, and I'm in pretty much central Chicago. Uh, last night, I'm sitting on the back porch and watching the light show to the north. 
Um, yeah, yeah. And, and, and you know, I could see the light show, uh, and I was looking mm-hmm. on the radar, and I could see the the storm sort of floating across, uh, right, far Lake north County, of me. Yeah. You're right, and I and I certainly yep. did, certainly yep. didn't get any of them in the in the city. Yeah, and and it was kind of in that in that perfect spot where, you know, the warm front is laying just across the city, but it all depends on you know the direction of the upper level winds. If you're slightly south of west, it's going to take those storms and kind of move them north. If you're basically running the upper-level winds right along the front, then you get into these training thunderstorms where everybody's getting hit really hard. And if you get the wind a little bit north of, of west, then the storms basically move to the south and east. And uh, the bottom line is over the next probably three days, meaning today, tomorrow, and Tuesday, the winds are pretty much out of the south-southwest. So any storms that fire up anywhere near us our base will get going northward, but then that changes very quickly Tuesday night into Wednesday, and then everything just basically stops over the top of us. So today looks great. Tomorrow, eh, a little bit on the unsettled side, but by the end of the week, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, uh, it looks really, really dreary, very cloudy, very wet, uh, very humid as well. Really? Um, okay. And this could even be, yeah, oh, the, the end of the week just looks God awful. <laughs> this is where you start to oh, get boy. into, yeah, this is where you start to get into flooding situations. And we'll see how that pans out. But strangely enough, usually these kind of setups are somewhat connected to a very active uh, tropical season in the Atlantic. But, but that's nothing of the case. So far, we've only had five named storms. We're up to tropical storm Florence in the Atlantic, whereas in the Pacific, we're now up to 15. Uh, with Tropical Storm Olivia, and the normal for the Pacific is 16, and normal for the Atlantic is 11. So the Pacific, very active this year, and the Atlantic, obviously, the opposite at this point. All right, I know we just have a, a, a short... Oh, there's the music. I was going to ask you, when do you start uh, thinking about uh, your advice for the snow removal cruise? When does that start to play? No! <laughs> <laughs> uh, Two or three weeks or so. We'll, okay. we'll, we'll look about that. We'll yeah, no, that. and I know you look long-term, too. But, uh, all right, Rick, thank you so much. Uh, to, folks, the end of the week's going to be lousy. All right, that's all we need to know. Rick, talk to you next week. Take care. Sounds good, guys. All right. want to thank everybody on the show, Marta Keen and Rick Nelson and Rich and Susie Air. want to thank Sonar for climbing under the desk and fixing the phones. Until next time, go green or go home. Uh, Stadler? Yeah, what? Is that it? Yes, it's over. How'd you like it? I don't know. I slept through the whole thing. Well, you didn't miss much.